Good morning. It's good to see you all. I was just thinking there as I was singing with you all. Um, you ever find yourself um, talking to someone who's trying to show to you that, that they're right <laughs> and you're wrong? Ever experienced that? What a what a comfort we have uh, to know that uh, there's only one man who's right, <laughs> and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And by God's grace, we bow the knee to him. You know, uh, everyone's wrong, and there's only one right, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's holy. Uh, you want to talk about someone who's got his uh, theology in order, his doctrine all right? <laughs> That's the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's who we love talking about. When we're talking to people, that happens. Sometimes the Lord opens up a, an opportunity to speak, and it's uh, it's not ever about trying to show somebody's wrong. It's about lifting him up and showing that he is he's he's worthy, worthy alone. It's like uh, I was just reminded by that chorus you picked out, Tyler, of that. That verse in Revelation, chapter 5, I love that. And what a contrast between the redeemed and what they say before the Lord and the reprobate. The reprobate just want to go on about what they, what they did for the Lord. Isn't that what our Lord told us? He said, in that day, many will cry out to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in thy name and in thy name? We cast out evil demons, and in thy name we did many wonderful works. And he tells them, um, that he'll declare to them, depart from me, you who work iniquity, I never knew you. And that, that word to know is a, is a word of intimacy. I, I never loved you. Never loved you, not one time. It says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou, for, for thou wast slain. And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Made one with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this morning we're returning to our study in the book of Acts. We uh, took a pause there and we'll resume where we left off in uh, Acts chapter 26. In Acts chapter 26, it says there, really what we see in that verse 18, the, the blessedness we have in the gospel. And it says, to open their eyes. Beloved, that's what God has done for me and you who believe. He's opened our eyes that our darkness would be turned to light, that we may receive forgiveness of sins. And Paul says to this king, Agrippa, I wish you were just like me. I just wish you were just like all of God's people, having the light turned on, having deliverance from darkness to light, having received the forgiveness of sin, having an eternal inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ to be totally sanctified and complete before God in Christ Jesus the Lord, God's well-pleasing Son. I wish you were just like me. I don't want you to be almost like me. I, I want you to be altogether like me in those blessings I receive in the gospel. And so what happened? Well, it says in verse 30, And when Paul had thus spoken, 
The king rose up, and the governor and Bernice, and they that sat with them. And when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, in effect, he's preaching what the scriptures say, saying none other things than those things with the prophets and Moses did say should come. And then they came to this conclusion concerning Paul according to Romans law. This is what they, they came they came to this conclusion there in the latter part of verse 30. It says there, uh, rather verse 31, This man doeth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Now the record of Scripture is silent on the particulars of Paul's death, but he does write uh, in Second Timothy chapter 4, The time of my de- departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I'm willing to depart, for to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And so we know from his epistles that after two years in Rome, he gave his life for the gospel, even though, according to Roman law, he did nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Yet they unjustly executed him against the law of the land. Verse 32. Then then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. Nevertheless, beloved, it was determined beforehand that God would send him to Rome. God determined and appointed for him beforehand to preach two years, and so too God determined and appointed when he would die. And most people think he was beheaded in Rome. And Festus, Felix, Bernice, and Agrippa, they were not convinced. They were not persuaded. Now they needed the mercy of God in Christ, And having never received the Lord Jesus Christ, they just walked away from the gospel. But being a believer, being a believer, well, that's to be fully convinced and powerfully persuaded in your heart. You see, it's by the power of God you believe the gospel. And that because in mercy and grace and in God's kindness to you, you've been made to see how that there's no other hope but his son. I mean, when God grants you faith and repentance, there's no other option but to repent and to believe the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so being a believer is to be fully convinced and powerfully persuaded in your heart by the power of God. How that salvation is by the Lord Jesus Christ and not anyone or anything else. You see, he's everything in salvation. Indeed, Christ is all and in all. And my friend, God-given faith is fully persuaded, not not almost persuaded, but fully persuaded, totally convinced, and altogether sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? What is it totally convinced and persuaded of? Uh, Turn to Romans chapter 4, if you would. Romans chapter 4. And look there with me in verse 20. And this is speaking about Abraham. Abraham, he he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, God was able also to perform. Saving faith is altogether persuaded that what God said is true. And he is able to save his people to the uttermost. And that faith gives all the honor, all the glory, all the attribution, all the credit and salvation to the Lord. 
He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that his word is true. Now turn to Romans chapter 8. We're persuaded, are we not? Romans 8, verse 32. The apostle writes there, He that spared not his own Son, our Heavenly Father, that spared not his own only begotten darling Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? You can add anything else you like there, beloved. Nothing will separate us from him. Verse 36, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors for him that loved us. For I am persuaded, there's no doubt about this, I'm convinced, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes in verse 11 there of 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Uh, look at uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 says there in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, again, the same language, being confident, that is, being persuaded of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it will perfect it, will accomplish it until the day of Jesus Christ. What has his people committed unto him, beloved? That's what our brother Paul wrote to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1, 11 and 12. He said, I have committed unto him some things against that day. <laughs> well, what things? What has his people committed unto him? Everything, beloved. Absolutely everything. We've committed everything to him, and I'm fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day of God's holy and just wrath. We read in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7, there beginning in verse 22, 
By so, so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he continueth ever, he hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. <laughs> the uttermost, not almost. To the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Beloved, we are persuaded he is able to save us to the uttermost. We're, we're persuaded that he's able to keep us. Verse 26. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. And beloved, it, this, uh, this bears repeating. We are persuaded that he is able to save us to the uttermost. And then a few chapters to the right. Uh, look at Hebrews uh, 11, verse... Hebrews 11, uh, verse 10. For Abraham looked for a city. That's what that he's referring to, is referring to Abraham. For Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even, uh, even uh, of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Verse 13. And then, and, and these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed like Abraham that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And we're persuaded that he's able. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now let's uh, turn to uh, another uh, reference. Uh, this is uh, a book of just one chapter. It's the second last book of the Bible. just before Revelation. If you turn there with me. We read in the book of Jude, in verse 24. It says there, <clears throat> Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. And we're persuaded that He is able. You see, beloved, our conversation is in the is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue, uh, subdue all things unto himself. I'm reading from Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. Our conversation, beloved, is in the heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, 
that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. We are persuaded, altogether persuaded, there's no doubt about this, how that he alone is able. You see, believers are persuaded that the word of God is true, inspired and preserved of God. My friend, what you hold in your hand, what we've read this morning, these are the very words of God. And all scripture is God-inspired and God-given. And by his grace, I say that, it is only by his grace, beloved. We read it as such, we treat it as such, and we receive it as such. Believers are persuaded that the word of God is true, inspired, and preserved, and given of God to teach us the gospel. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of truth. Secondly, believers are persuaded that Jesus Christ is the only well-beloved Son of God, the Messiah. And without controversy, Paul writes to young Timothy, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Saving faith is persuaded that he is God, that he is our Savior, that he is the Messiah, the Christ of God. And John the Apostle wrote, uh, I love... Uh, this uh, sentiment. <laughs> I'm sure many of you are familiar with this portion. These are written, the uh, John the Evangelist, he writes, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. And he records how that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And my friend, he's the only mediator. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus the Lord. My friend, there's only one advocate for sinners. Do you need an advocate? Do you need a mediator? <laughs> well, if you're a sinner like I am, I'm sure you're convinced of that. I love the the that blessed portion in John's first epistle, such a, an encouragement to sinners. No sinner wants to sin. And John writes in his second, first epistle rather, in the second chapter there. He writes, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. That ye sin not. None of us want to sin. And he says, Later on in that verse, the latter part, and if any man sin, indeed when we sin, beloved, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. There's only one advocate with the Father for sinners, and that's Jesus Christ, the righteous. There's only one intercessor, whoever liveth to make intercession for us. There's only one Savior, for neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We read in Isaiah 43, verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. You see, my friend, he's the only Redeemer. And so don't look for another. Rather, by God's grace, look to his Son and live.
Beloved, he obtained eternal redemption for us with his own blood. You see, his is the only righteousness that we have before God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And he's the only one who can put away our many, many sins. He said in Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. You see, his sacrifice is the only atonement for sin. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the sin-atoning sacrifice for all our sins. And I'm altogether persuaded that he is able to do that very thing, to put away our sins, and that he's the only Savior. And believers are fully persuaded and totally convinced that Jesus Christ accomplished all of our salvation by the sacrifice of himself. How is sin put away? If righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So again, how is sin put away? Not by the blood of bulls and of goats, but with his own blood, God's Son obtained eternal redemption for us. You see, saving faith is altogether persuaded that Christ put away the sins of his people. And so much so that God now says, and he tells us not once, but ever so blessedly two times, their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. Their sin and their iniquity will I remember no more. And believers are fully persuaded that salvation is all of the grace of God. Saving faith is persuaded that he is able. Therefore, it is a faith that he, it might be by grace that the promise might be sure to all the seed. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. But this man Agrippa, this uh, temporal king, this terrestrial king, he was not persuaded to trust the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. You see, he was unwilling to bow to the sovereign lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as far as the record of Scripture is concerned, Agrippa died the same way he was born. How was he born? He was born dead in sin. How did he die? Our Lord said, If ye believe not that I am he, and you can leave off that he, it's in italics, in effect, our Lord said, If you believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. How about you? How about me? My friend, have you been persuaded? Have you been convinced by God, the Holy Spirit, that the Lord Jesus Christ is God your Savior? Don't look to another. The Lord says, Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. You see, my friend, saving faith is persuaded faith. And he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. But he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. My friend, listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, what do we do? What do you and I do? We persuade men to believe the gospel of God concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's what Paul was doing there that day before Agrippa, Festus, Felix, Bernice, and others. 
persuading the descendants of Adam to believe the gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now let's turn to one more scripture and then we'll conclude. In uh, Acts chapter 8, or chapter 28, pardon. Acts chapter 28, verse 23. It says there, And when they had appointed the apostle Paul a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading, preaching and persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed, some believed. And in Acts 28, verse 30, it says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. Now he was still in prison under house arrest. And he received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, without a shred of doubt, with, with being fully persuaded, no man forbidding him. He said, you want to hear about Christ? You want to hear about the promised Messiah, God's well-pleasing son? I'll tell you about him. Just come over here and listen for a while. My friend, I pray that God has made you altogether persuaded to know ever so blessedly that he is able to save you. You see, that's what saving faith believes. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen.